right, guys, welcome to Stir the Plot, a podcast for movie lovers. If you are here for storming the Capitol um, and stonks, you have come to the absolute wrong place. Can we can we address the elephant in the room? I have a name. Why why aren't we a publicly traded company yet? Yeah, mm. why haven't we <laughs> why haven't we become public yet? We we need our investors. What's what's the process of issuing stock? How That's do we? Who do I need to talk to about that? How do we become an LLC? <laughs> I'll raise you one. What is an LLC? A leaping leopard conservative. <laughs> I think all you need is a suit and a monocle, and you need to use words like uh, Nasdaq mm. and uh, shareholders. Dow Jones. Dow Jones. <laughs> I mean, this we can technically consider this a business meeting right now. Yeah. So, I mean, if y'all are down to go public, I don't, I don't think there's anything stopping mm. us. No, uh, I think the only thing that's stopping us is our own imagination. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if we all just shake hands here on the Zoom call right now, I think we should make history <laughs> together. Uh, hold on, I know just the thing of how to do that. <laughs> I raised my hand. <laughs> Podcasts are famously a visual medium, so let me describe to you what just happened. Um, on Zoom, there is there is an option to raise your hand in a webinar, um, and so that's what I did. I, I clicked the raise hand button, um, and now we are all making a blood pact that we are about to go public, and uh, you are about to be able to invest in us. Insight of God and Zoom and oh, Lord. emoji hands. No, diamond hands. Diamond to the moon, baby. <laughs> Reddit, if you're listening, can you give us some of that energy, some of that uh, shareholder energy that you've been given uh, GameStop for mm, the last couple weeks? I would love that. I'd love some energy. What are you guys going to do with your billions? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to redistribute it because that sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's all mine. <laughs> yeah, there are some stories about the GameStop thing where people are like, oh, I'm paying off my mom's house or like my sister can get treatment for her disease that she has. I'm not I'm not giving any of that money to anything like <laughs> screw my sister and screw my mom's house. <laughs> they should have invested. I'm actually going I'm going to GameStop and buying games. <laughs> I bought my mom's house and then I burned it. <laughs> I bought my mom's house, foreclosed it, and now I'm tearing it down to build a parking lot for what? Nothing. I bought my mom's house and now she owes me $1200 a month in rent and utilities. <laughs> I bought my mom's house tore it down and I'm now building up another GameStop. <laughs> You're opening up a, a franchise. Oh man. All right. Well, guys, I know it's been a while since we've uh since we've met. I think all three of us have gotten a a little visit from Miss Rona. A visit from Aunt Rona. Yeah, we apologize for not um being there for you guys during these trying times, but I don't. Um I had coronavirus. That's all the excuse I need. <laughs> oh man. Um, but guys, I know 2020 was a, was a crazy year for all of us. Um, but there was something that happened, mm -hmm. um, during this pandemic. Um, and I don't hear me, hear me say this. I don't want to get political oh, no. or anything like that. Colton, your tone tells me you do want to get political. <laughs> I don't want to get political. I don't. But Donald Joseph Trump got coronavirus, which is a bad thing. He was floating around this idea while he was at the hospital for his exit, whenever he was going home. Have you guys heard about this? 
I I don't no. know. I'm I'm so like I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm so scared. I want you to know I'm like ready to jump off this train as soon as it goes south. <laughs> I'm ready to hang up on the sky <laughs> call and leave Colton <laughs> high and dry. <laughs> He was floating around this idea for his exit of the hospital. Um, he wanted to appear like he was physically weak. He even was talking about like having a walker, but then he was going to throw it aside and walk heroically to the plane as he ripped open his t-shirt to reveal a Superman logo underneath. Oh, no. So, oh, so no. here's the thing. I don't know if you're joking or not. Is that I'm, real? The bigger issue here is so, I don't know if this is a bit... Are you lying to us? This is this is some energy we could all use in 2021. I'm not going to lie. Ultimately, I think the PR people turned him down. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine. I cannot imagine why. You know, um, I'm just going to go ahead and say that might be the thing that gets him impeached a third time. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like not even in office anymore. He rips open his t-shirt and all Antifa across the whole world die. <laughs> They they turn into blue haired flames. Um, I want the reins back. I want the reins back. Yeah, we can. We, this yes, is bad. Yes, yes. <laughs> we have had one too many mentions of Trump on this podcast from my personal sanity. Um, it's twenty twenty one. It's a new leaf. We're turned a new leaf. We're not looking back. Colton, thank you for this uh, emotional roller coaster. But uh, that, you didn't come for that, did you? You didn't come for for a roller coaster. You came for jokes. Lots of funny jokes and giggles and hahas. Um, and this is a podcast where we do that. Uh, we also watch the first and last scenes of a movie and then try to improv what happens in between. My name is Brady King. Once again, my name is Derek Fultz. And I'm Colton Hart. And I'm Tyler. And today, uh, Derek had a bad idea. I did. A bad idea of, of a way that we could test ourselves creatively. Derek, why don't you why don't you walk the people through your bad bad idea that you So, had? okay, here we go. We rig the election. No. <laughs> um, so, it's been 2 years since we've started this podcast. And oh. uh, if you divide the amount of episodes that we have by how many years we've been uh, around, we have 10 episodes per year. <laughs> and yet um, I've aged 20 yeah. for every single episode. Right. Um, so I thought to sort of commemorate, um, the, the, our two year anniversary that we would, uh, flex our creative muscles a little bit, like you said, Brady, and do something a little different. Um, I had the idea of taking a beloved young adult fantasy romance series. The Hunger Games? Yes. <laughs> I love Divergent. No. Um, I'm talking about the Twilight series, which Ooh. I have to be completely honest. I'm coming in as blank of a slate as you can possibly be. Colton, what about you? Um, I've got a few things on the charcuterie board, but not a whole lot. <laughs> uh, okay, so I've seen I've seen the first movie and I've read all of the books. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say, if you were just to do like a blind poll across all of our listeners, which one of the three of us has read all Twilight books? I would say be a resounding Derek Fultz. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Junior high was a dark time for me. <laughs> so uh, I want to take the five movies of the Twilight Saga, and I want us to uh, I want us to stir up Twilight, make a story out of that, and then I want to continue that story throughout the rest of the five movies. So mm. instead of just doing like one 
basically wild, crazy theory per episode, we're going to do one continuous five episode long stir the plot saga. Yes. Yes. Which is the worst sentence I've ever said out loud in my entire life. <laughs> it, it's gearing us up for when we eventually on episode 300 decide to do the Marvel, the Marvel uh, cinematic universe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just go movie by movie. <laughs> Starting with the Incredible Hulk, of course. <laughs> Start uh, also with TV shows. <laughs> we're gonna go episode by episode through Agents of Shield. Yeah, they'll also be on like season two of WandaVision by then. So, <laughs> uh, well, if you're new to this podcast, the way it works is we're gonna watch the first and last scenes of the movie, um, and we're gonna try to improv our wild theories about what ha- happens in between. But since we're not allowed to play movie audio on the podcast, I've converted everything into screenplay format. And we are instead going to reenact uh, the movie like a bunch of goons. Uh, Colton's going to be narrating. Derek and I are going to be playing uh, a couple of different characters. So without further ado, boys, let's get sparkly. Colton, take it away. We fade into a lush forest, quiet and serene. A young deer grazes peacefully next to a shallow pool of water its ears darting back and forth. I've never given much thought to how I would die. Something in the forest is watching, peering at the deer through a mess of tangled branches. But dying in the place of someone I love seems like a good way to go. Suddenly, the figure charges forward. The deer kicks its hooves in a panic and sprints into the forest. It dives under logs and branches, trying desperately to get away from whatever is giving chase. But it's no use. The deer leaps over a fallen tree and into the clearing right into the arms of his pursuer, a human man. So, I can't bring myself to regret the decision to leave home. The scene fades from white, tilting down from a bright Arizona sky, onto the face of Bella Swan. I would miss Phoenix. I'd miss the heat. Bella takes a deep breath as she marches down the rocky hillside. She turns a fresh potted cactus over in her hands, a memory taken from the thousand growing along the trail. I would miss my loving, erratic, harebrained mother. Bella's mom plants a goodbye kiss on her cheek. She's a true Phoenix local, bedazzled tank top and a straw hat. And her new husband. A beefy 30-something slams the trunk of his car. Come on, guys. I love you both, but we got a plane to catch. But they want to go on the road, so I'm going to spend some time with my dad. Bella's car pulls out of the driveway and merges onto the road. I think. (laughs) Ooh, 2009. He do uh, be he do be thinking though. <laughs> he do be thinking. I'm a I'm a deer back in 2008 just browsing on some acorns, being a deer, and all of a sudden I get full body tackled by an adult <laughs> human man. Human. I'm a deer and I'm scared. <laughs> okay. So, I have possibly the most insane theory that uh I've ever come up with on this on this uh, on this show. There are no sane theories here, Derek. <laughs> Dear Lord, help us. What if Bella is that deer? Okay, I was thinking she gets. This is like a Disney. Uh, this is like a Disney children's movie. Which is a stark contrast. Which is a stark contrast to okay. what is going to happen in the in the last scene. Um, 
<laughs> this eventually, uh, it's a Disney cartoon that eventually turns into an adult franchise. <laughs> we're gonna run with it. What if she has the ability to turn into a deer, and but like it, ha- like she's a were deer. She's a were deer. <laughs> could you imagine that family? Could you imagine the family dinner where she's like, "I'm sorry, Dad, I've got to go to the bathroom." Yeah. Yes. <laughs> then Twenty minutes later, a, a full grown adult deer starts sprinting around. <laughs> Um, okay, Derek, I want to establish right now, however stupid you may think it is, it's still not as dumb as the actual plot of Twilight. So no, 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 no. Let's no, just no, throw no. anything at the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> so, uh, she has she is not thriving in the uh, the t- the uh, the arid Arizona climate, and so she has to go she has to go move in with her father. Where? Forks, Washington. We're gonna keep some things. She also gets caught, right? She gets caught by this human man, so she has to leave. It's it's funny that you would say that because in the scene, uh, it it clearly states that she is drinking from water, and as we all know, there is no water in Arizona. <laughs> so she has to move. Oh, okay, so people are after her. Uh, some were deer hunters. <laughs> So stupid. This is so- <laughs> what can deer be? <laughs> what can wear deer be killed with? Like just a normal bullet, just a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Based on the first scene, strangulation is what it looks like. <laughs> you can you can only ki- you can only kill a wear deer by suplexing it into a rock. <laughs> what <laughs> what threat do we think that she poses to? Uh, society as a whole why would she have like is it just because she is an unnatural abomination before god's eyes or is it like she's she's out there she's out here eating crops you Mm. know well i think let's let's run through what are what are where deer's powers like what are her like we've got to do some world building run fast run fast that's got to be one runs (laughs) okay runs fast write that down someone write that down (laughs) Okay, I would say human intelligence while she's a deer, right? That's got to be... This would be a really abysmal movie if she, you know, is just like running around taking dumps in streets and eating out of gutters. <laughs> she's, so, not a, like, she's a deer, not a raccoon. <laughs> like, have you never seen a deer hoove through a trash can before? <laughs> <laughs> got to get that corn. So, uh, Arizona has a pretty big, like, Native American community, correct? Yes. Yeah. There is a Native American legend. This is real. This is not, like, made up, by the way. Uh, about a creature called the Wendigo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, it's basically okay. a, a person that has resorted to cannibalism, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they 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 become an evil spirit essentially. Uh, but the whole thing about Wendigos is that they look human, but are like elongated and like scary and have deer antlers. <laughs> so, have we now established that she is a cannibalistic monster and just can't help herself? No, 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 no. That's too dark. This is a kids movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, she's got a she's got a dangerous hunger for corn. It's like Winnie the Pooh and honey. She said, "Love that grass." If you guys will check your messages, I sent you a picture of what I believe the uh, were deer might look like. I'm scared. Um, this doesn't help our listeners. <laughs> we'll, we'll post it later. Hold on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the picture you've just painted is essentially an elk head on a human body throat singing into the distance. And I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it. Oh, God. Okay. So she... She has the ability to transform into a were deer. Is it a hidden power that she doesn't know about herself? 
Oh, okay. uh, so here here's what I think. I think that she as a baby. Oh, I got it. Hold on. <laughs> so so she was cursed as a baby because her parents were big game hunters. <laughs> And um, so the spirit of nature decided that yeah, listen, Mother Nature visited their home one day and said, "Okay, so you keep killing all these like giant elk and stuff. Uh-huh. For every full moon, your child will turn into a deer and has to fend for herself in the wild." <laughs> they moved to Arizona to seek out some sort of like holistic uh, healing for her, healing for her, and it doesn't happen. Ooh, yeah, I got you. I and got you. Uh, at one point. Someone, she's like out in the pu- out in the public, and um, she ha- starts transforming <laughs> into a deer, <laughs> and someone sees her. They immediately assume that she is a Wendigo. Her, she then decides, okay, the best thing for me to do is to leave Arizona and to go stay with my dad, my 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 real dad, who is a deer. No, uh- <laughs> <laughs> after she's transformed in the middle of town. There's a few shifty characters who start to realize the potential, like how nice a Wendigo trophy would look on Mm -hmm. their lodge wall or whatever. Uh, So she leaves and she goes to, we're going to keep the same location, Forks, Washington. Okay. So she goes to Washington and uh, she meets up with her dad. And she just kind of, like, her dad's kind of been filled in by her mom about what's been going on. Well, and her dad lives in, like, a remote area. Like, he has some land that, you know, if she was to transform on like she could survive there yeah what if there's a scene where she first arrives in the town and her dad picks her up and like takes her back to the house and he's like i've been preparing a place for you and he like opens up the room and it's just like a barn with like hay and (laughs) bags of deer corn (laughs) she's like dad this this literally only happens once a month (laughs) so uh what what do you think happens next (laughs) Well, there's really only one way to find out. Hey, Colton. Yo, what's up? You got something for me? Yeah, I got something for you. Bella holds the hand of Edward Cullen, a thin man with a buck-wild head of anime hair. (laughs) They're both dressed in fitted prom attire. Edward pulls her toward a twinkling gazebo where the two other prom couples dance under a thousand yellow lights. Shall we? You're serious. He wraps his arm around her waist. Oh, why not? The two begin to sway back and forth with a slow acoustic music. See, you're dancing. At prom. One by one, the other couples begin to leave, leaving Edward and Bella alone under the gazebo. Why did you save me? You should have just let the venom spread. I could be like you right now. You don't know what you're saying. You don't want this. I want you. Always. Edward narrows his eyes. I'm not going to end your life. I'm dying already. Every second I get closer. Older. God. That's the way it's supposed to be. Alice says that she saw me like you. I heard her. Visions change. Based on what people decide, I've decided. The two stare deeply into each other's eyes, drawing closer and closer. So that's what you dream about? Becoming a monster? I dream about being with you forever. Forever? He cradles the back of her head, lowering her to the ground, slowly. And you're ready right now? <laughs> Guys, we gotta stop. This is kidding. Can you give me that and you're ready right now? 
I'd really rather not. <laughs> Do it again. Get a clean take. <laughs> oh. And you're ready right now? Yes. <laughs> he draws his mouth toward her neck, opening wide to take a bite. Instead, <laughs> Okay. He draws his mouth toward her neck, opening wide to take a bite. Instead, he plants a kiss on her neck. Is it enough? Just to have a long and happy life with me? For now. He pulls her in for a painfully long smooch. The two continue to dance as Bella speaks in voiceover. I surrender tonight, but I won't give in. I know what I want. From above the gazebo, through a second story window, someone is watching them. Someone is watching! There's a sequel! (laughs) So, Brady, I do take uh, offense at your use of the word smooch. I... (laughs) Absolutely hate that word with everything <laughs> like the word in smooch. me. It's what they do. It's a natural human thing that happens. Not life. a smooch. Mm-hmm. A kiss, maybe. No, a smooch. Because smooch. That sounds dirty. It sounds gross. I think I've got it. I think she moves to uh, Washington, but obviously the hunters follow her. Mm-hmm. Um, but not just any hunters. I think this is a modern retelling. Well, not modern, but whatever. Retelling of Romeo and Juliet. And she's being pursued by hunters. And Edward is one of those family of hunters. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> the only thing sweeter than deer corn. Forbidden love. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, okay, I really like that. I, I was trying to, I had the idea in my mind of like deer hunters. Uh, like following them. Yeah. So thanks for incepting that into my brain. They're not just like big game hunters. They're like uh, this secret organization mm. of timeless hunters who can like mm. read the stars and predict the next appearance of the next great where deer, where deer or something. Ooh. Okay. What if there? So we're getting real fantasy with it now. What if there was like a like a, a prophecy or something that said like whoever kills a, like a, a where a where deer only pops up mm-hmm. like once every thousand years or something like that and it hel- it shall be he who who shoots the bullet that shall inherit eternal life or something like that yeah 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 and uh so this order of hunters i think that they like it's for sure like they're not just hunting where deer cuz i mean there's a whole there's like a whole slew of monsters that we can the farther you get north the more there are there's all kinds of crap up there that sprints around in the woods uh, a laundry list of monsters we got the big feats we got uh we got the loch nesses we got uh the jersey devils the tall girls the tall the t- girls and, the <laughs> and we're cannon baby <laughs> stir the plot cannon uh that might show up in another movie we don't know um 
Hold on. I'm so sorry. I just had the idea of, like, what if Breaking Dawn literally is, like, our endgame? <laughs> where we bring in all we bring in all the characters. Because you know how it has that, like, final battle scene? <laughs> We've set up the potential. So, right now, listeners, you guys go back. Familiarize yourself with every character we've ever created in the entire universe. <laughs> all, all of our girls are coming back. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So... Uh, there's a secret order of hunters. I mean, obviously, like I said, they're not just uh, were-deer hunters. No, of course not. Their weapons are imbued with, right. I don't know, Ren and Ten or whatever. Runes. <laughs> yeah. Runes. I, honestly, I like the idea of Edward still being a vampire because I want to stay true to the heart of this series. At this point, we might as well. Well, and he bites her neck. Like he, he was going to take a bite out of her neck. It's like, who else does that except for, like, that weird anime boy that was in band with you? <laughs> and, like, Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, <laughs> let's just be honest. So, with the appearance of a were-deer, every other, like, monster's immortality or whatever gets taken away from them. Okay. Mm. And because it's just, it's just such a potent, magical creature that, like, it just takes away every, like, sort of supernatural thing that's keeping these things alive. Right. It's a limited commodity, like anything. Yeah. And so Edward is obviously from a, a family of vampires, and he he starts noticing them starting to age, starting to get older, and he's like, oh, man, like, we have to. We have to do something. But, of course, Edward doesn't... He doesn't want to fulfill his family's prophecy. He'd rather, you know, look at the stars and draw manga. <laughs> yeah. What if we what if we said like what if we retconned some of it to be like um cuz they're still in high school, right? Uh supposedly. Yeah, they're at prom. What if we like retconned it to like she started turning into a were deer when she was 16? That's okay. whenever they started realizing like okay, we're starting to age. We need to find this girl now. Some hunters track her down in Phoenix, so she moves up to Washington where the Cullens are. Right. And I think the the Cullen family live in this town already mm. and unbeknownst to them their next door neighbor is the very thing that they're after <laughs> and she's not powerful in a sense of like shooting laser bolt like her power is the whole like every other monster is now not immortal i had an idea that i think is a stroke of genius the purse the witch that cursed Bella into becoming a were deer was the previous were deer. Oh like she transferred her powers over uh -huh. to the next generation of were deer. She like gave her a nice like little hoof to the forehead. Like, <laughs> like just, like... <laughs> that just reminds me of that just reminds me of the black Philip just with the the hoof over a shot clump. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, I've got a I've got an origin story idea. Okay. So this witch has been searching for the next host. Mm, mm -hmm. And so she decides that Bella is the one she wants to pass her, her power onto. So her parents take her to like a petting zoo or something. <laughs> and the witch blends in and Bella approaches her with like a handful of feed, you know, really like kind and innocent. <laughs> no, and this deer just no. like uppercuts her. <laughs> 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 Mommy, I think that deer just yelled Latin at me. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of that scene from Are We There Yet? Where Ice Cube fights the deer in the woods. <laughs> uh, okay. Here, how about How about this? Bella's dad was a part of the ancient order of hunters that tried to track down the were deer. Oh, mm. So he left. Yeah. So, well, okay. He was, and he was a part of like the, the hunting party that tried to like track down the original were deer. And she got mm -hmm. pissed. 
Yeah, and she got mad, and then she followed him. <laughs> she she got in her wear deer car and followed <laughs> him. Home. There's a whole lot of benefits with wear deer. You get a car, life insurance. Her wear car is is an example of a wear car like Herbie from Herbie Fully Loaded. Oh no! <laughs> so she like she. <laughs> I'm just imagining a deer with human hands just driving a car. Oh, man. <laughs> Ew. Right? It's bad. What? So she follows him home, finds out that she that he has a daughter. She, like, transforms back into a person, knocks on the door. He opens it up. She's, like, pretending to be an old lady. And uh, she's like, oh, what a lovely daughter you have. <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, thanks. That's kind of a weird thing to say. I didn't know we were in Beauty and the Beast. And so uh, she reveals to be she reveals herself to be the weird deer, and she does like this ritual where she passes on uh, the the weird deer mantle <laughs> down to Bella. And then uh, once he realizes that his daughter is now the were deer, he can no longer justifiably be a part of the ancient order of like of hunters. Oh, gotcha. Mm. Like he was prejudiced against were deer until he became a father mm-hmm. of one himself. Mm. Yeah, which is why. Bella goes to stay with him because he was a hunter and he knows how to defend uh, defend yep. her against them. We've got oh, it. yeah, and that's also why they're estranged is because maybe her mom, uh, like, she didn't like her father's activities. And so she said, you know what, sweetie, we're getting a divorce and we're moving to Arizona where I don't have yep. to put up with this crap anymore. Yep, yep, but yep, whenever yep, yep. she actually starts turning into a deer, she's like, I can't protect you. Yeah, and so they have to reconcile at that point. Which she, you know, goes to stay with her dad. They have some, you know, awkwardness at first. Mm -hmm. And then uh, she meets Edward at school. There's obviously Um, some, like, visual school comedy where, like, you know, she has to run into the bathroom really quickly to to gobble down some corn. or To let out a a, a bray. (laughs) 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 The girl in the stall next door is just like, what Yes! 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 (laughs) Yes! So uh, they go on a date and they're talking and Bella's like, oh, um, you know, uh, what, what, uh, what are your, what do your parents do? Um, 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 um. And uh, he's like, oh, well, you know, my dad, oh, my dad is like, my dad's a, a, a zoologist or something. <laughs> he, he likes, mm. stu- he like studies animals. I, so I think from, from there, like as their relationship progresses, the dad is going to become more and more suspicious of her deer-like activities. You know, she comes over to meet the family and is like carrying deer corn around in her pockets and letting out braids in the bathroom. And- <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's like is she like Edward's like, hey, I want you to come over and meet my family. <gasps> oh, and it's the full moon. Yeah, yes. Bella knows it's the full moon, and she's like, oh no, I I I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to. He's insisting. He's, insi- he's insisting. We are going to cut out all of the weird, uh, sort of stalkery, abusive parts of Edward, but he <laughs> he is still very insistent that she comes over and meets her family, like his family right. tonight. And during dinner, she starts to turn. Yep. And I think she runs out to find a bathroom and she goes into like their study where she finds like all this like <laughs> lore. <laughs> all these mystic artifacts. Yeah, about like the were deer. And she realizes that these guys are were deer hunters. Not only that, but then once her, I like, I like the scene where she's like looking at all the things on the wall and then like we hear a voice behind her and we turn and see that the dad is there and she's already kind of like mid transformation and he's like, Ah, there you are, and uh, <laughs> grabs a gun off the wall, and the pursuit is on. Okay, so uh, another little like world building tidbit: 
the were deer, like killing the were deer, is the only thing keeping like the monsters in the area alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like the Cullens are like the the world renowned like were deer hunters, mm. and so yep. that's why whenever they move off to Phoenix, like they get a call, like the dad gets a call, like, "Hey, you have a potential were deer coming your way." Uh, just be on the lookout. And it's like, you know, when she starts turning, like he said, they can feel a shift in the energy in the air. <laughs> <laughs> he can smell it. That yeah, and the fact he, that she started screaming like a deer and kicking everything over. <laughs> she was uh, she was drinking her soup and her deer tongue just like... <laughs> <laughs> Edward now also knows that she's the were-deer, but he doesn't want to kill her because he's in love with her. Mm. And so it's like, he is like... He has to listen to his father, but like also like he knows if he doesn't kill Bella that he can't live forever. Like that his like his his family and like the rest of like the mythical creatures of the Northwest. Yeah. <laughs> uh will start will start dying. Yeah. Um so there's the final battle where she is like she's in a transformation and <laughs> Alan has her like cornered but edward is trying to get him to stop dad but i love her yeah <laughs> i love her um he starts singing um, it's the only musical number in the whole movie and it's bizarre <laughs> yeah it's real weird um but bella's like no edward let him do it like i want to be human again like you know i want to i want this i want this lifted for me like i'm miserable blah 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 blah, yeah. blah. but edward's like no like you were meant to be this. You, we can, we can help you like control it. And she's like, no, like seriously, let me die. Like, <laughs> no, please. <laughs> yeah. Like, let me, please. uh, you know, let me do, let me do this. And, uh, Alan shoots Bella with the, with the, with the vampire venom bullet. Right. And it starts coursing through her veins and Edward's like, dad, no, what did you do? And then, uh, he pushes him off a cliff and he falls off the cliff and he dies. Yeah. It's very Fox and the Hound. They're fighting on a railroad track and the train's coming and he pushes him off and yeah, saves Bella. Yeah. What do we, what, how do we, how do we solve a problem like Alice? Yeah. I think <laughs> she can just be like a friend of Edwards who is also part of this organization and has been keeping tabs mm -hmm. on their relationship. Like she is playing her cards close to the chest and she might be playing both sides we're not sure yet yeah but she has like visions right of like the future and she can like yeah see that bella is like ends up like as a like some some type of hunter so yeah or like alice it, she she says something like uh oh she says it at dinner she says something like oh she would fit in nicely or like she mm. like i like her she would make a great addition to the family or something like that and so yeah, yeah, yeah. bella yeah, yeah. bella is like okay that means that i have to be one of you oh, what do we want to do about like counteracting the vampire venom what, what do we how do we want to solve that maybe there's just a little needle that says um if bitten by vampire insert and, yeah it's an epi pen <laughs> um I'm trying to think of something that we could pay off from earlier. Maybe her mother has hidden something in that cactus. Cactus. Oh, 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 I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. All right. Go. I got it. Your, uh, the vampire venom is like null and void if the vampire dies. Okay. When he kills his dad, like the vampire venom in Bella, like goes away. Okay. You said cactus juice, but what if? <laughs> what if it was? <laughs> but what if? He's like, I don't know how to heal you. I don't know how to fix you. The only thing that can get rid of venom is 
cactus juice, and there's no cactuses here in the Northwest. And she's like, well, actually, she just pulls I'm one from out of her Phoenix. back pocket. She, she, she pulls the plant out of her back pocket from the first scene. He stabs it into her leg, and oh, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> um, no, I like that idea, Colton. I like that it just like. So I think we can kind of switch things around where he shoots her, the venom's coursing through her veins. Edward goes over to her right. first and is like, Bella, you're... Oh, like- wait, uh, Colton, you're you're 100% right because if the, the vampire venom is null and void, if the vampire dies, then the like Edward has to make that decision of whether or not he wants to choose between his father or Bella and he pushes his dad yep. off the cliff. Yeah. Dad's dead. Venom is null and void, but she does pass out because yeah. I don't know, bodily trauma. Well, and I think we can also, I think we can also establish that like the dad is like very like the dad's the leader of the Colin like hunters, but he's not like, he's very like drunk on his power and like yeah. the Cullens are okay. Like not okay with this happening, but like it's almost like a, okay, like we can, like we're glad he's de- we're glad he's gone. Right. And then after she wakes up, they go to the prom and we have this really intimate scene where she chooses to trust him entirely with her life because she's deeply in love or whatever. But lo and behold, who's watching from the window? Alice. And we're not sure about her motivations just Yeah. Yet. I like that a lot. And there's a sequel. <laughs> Post-credit <laughs> scene, Thanos shows up and he says, "Fine, I'll do it myself." <laughs> <laughs> so guys i'm not gonna lie that was uh that was pretty fun yeah yeah i really like that one i'm excited to explore this wild world that we've created next episode <laughs> excited to explore it with further aware adventures so mm. i think we did it we did guys, it we killed it what so now this is the point that we talk about the movie what uh what if any experience do you guys have with twilight I uh, have never watched Twilight, and it wasn't even like a like Twilight sort of mm-hmm. thing. I think I just never got around to it. Um, so I I genuinely have like rock bottom experience with the <laughs> Twilight franchise. Uh, I watched I think like the first two, maybe part one of Breaking Dawn uh, when I was a kid, but I don't think I was like really like actively mm. engaged watching it. Okay. Yeah. I can I could piece enough you know Tumblr detritus together to be able to form the bare bones story, but aside uh, from that, Twilight yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, I have actually so in junior high I read all four of the books. Mm, come on, um, and then uh, I watched the first movie, and the first movie even as like a like a preteen was so bad. <laughs> I get well because it's like even like looking back on it, the books are pretty bad. Yeah, but like the movie itself is like I wouldn't even say subpar. Like it is like yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's a bad movie. And I and I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable in saying that. But the one thing that it did give us is Robert Pattinson. Mm. I'll go ahead and say it. I think he's one of the best actors that we have right now. Derek, I told, I texted you this, but in, I've only seen the first and last scenes as I was transcribing this movie. Mm -hmm. But in watching those scenes, Robert Pattinson, to me, stood out as the college kid stuck in a high school party. Yeah. Like he just was acting up against people who were three leagues below him. Oh yeah. And even it, even in this like weird teeny boppy role, he was still like a, a decent actor. 
Yeah, he so like he he did what he could with the material he was given. I I agree. I I don't think it was Pattinson's fault that he got typecast no. as the. And it's like I would even say that like I think. Kristen Stewart can be a good actress. Like mm-hmm. she, she has the ability. Like I know we all dogged on her like for years after these movies came out of her just like, and she, I mean, let's be fair. She does overact and she is like right. bad in these movies. But you know, so much of that is reliant on the director's vision as well, because yeah. if you as a director see an actress is struggling with a scene and you also don't know what to do with the scene, then it just ends up being a mess. But right. the actor is the one who gets blamed for it. Also the, the last positive thing I want to talk about this movie, every twilight movie has given us such an iconic soundtrack. Mm. <laughs> like, okay, let's just take the first movie. For example, Supermassive black hole by muse. Really? Okay. Uh, but the one I want to, I, I want to really focus on, is what I think the new national anthem should be. Oh. Uh, and that is Decode by Paramore. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Haley Williams and Paramore were in their bag <laughs> when they made Decode. I don't, like, that song still hits to this day. It's funny you say that, because I do remember around 2008 when, you know, Twilight paraphernalia was air- everywhere. That song was on every radio station. Oh my gosh. It, it Like, it's still so good. Yeah. It's, it's bop. phenomenal. Bop after bop after bop. And I, I think that that's what we can thank Twilight for, is just really good music. <laughs> and maybe the only thing we can thank it for. Well, that was fun. Um, let us know on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter all the things if you would rather see the actual plot of twilight or ours um and with that i think that's the end of the podcast unless there's something else now i can't now no. it has been it, it has been a while since we recorded <laughs> I, I think we have a couple more segments but there's like one really important one yeah uh, i still got some podcast juice flowing um which i'm i'm sorry that i said that out loud okay yeah that's that's pretty bad uh, Colton, I think you have one, um, shoot, what was it uh, called? Let's see. Uh, oh, oh, I got it. It's shaking, not stirring. <laughs> All right, welcome to Shaken Not Stirred, uh, where we take classic movies that you may have seen and also movies in theaters, uh, and we reimagine them with some different genres. Our first one that we're going to be doing is going to be... Oh, District 9. Oh. District 9 as a... As a sports movie? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is the training movie for Space Jam. Yeah, the, the, this is about the Monstars. <laughs> this is how they got so good at sports. So, okay, is District 9 takes place in South Africa, right? This is the sequel to the hit Matt Damon movie, Invictus. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson Mandela coaches a team of aliens through a rugby tournament. Yes. Because we can even so the original District Nine is about basically aliens come down to Earth and humans put them in internment camps more or less. Yeah, and Nelson Mandela seeks to heal that divide <laughs> through rugby. He beat apartheid, and now he's. A- <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so I think this can be like a reimagining of alien of like District Nine, where the aliens have integrated into society, but they're still kind of like not trusted. They're like looked down upon. They're like the dredges of society. Yeah, yeah. and they want and yeah. they want to start a rugby team, but uh, they can't. Uh, and so the aliens go to Nelson Mandela, and they're like, "Listen, we know how you like just you know." absolutely destroyed apartheid in South Africa. Uh, can you do the same with us and show <laughs> that we are capable? <laughs> the same with us and uh, can you coach us in a rugby team so we can win the Invictus games and um, show South Africa that we are in fact uh, just like them? Just like them, except we have six arms and 12 <laughs> legs, which is probably why they aren't allowed to play rugby because it is a yeah. bit of an unfair advantage. Yeah, it's kind of scary. The kids get scared. <laughs> and Nelson Mandela's like, yeah, sure. And uh, they have a lot of training montages. Uh, the aliens at one point uh, are losing a bunch of games. Uh, and then they finally win one. And then they get on a winning streak. And then they go to the Invictus games. They win. And then society around the world changes. And they're like, hey, Maybe aliens are not that bad. Maybe they're not that bad. Maybe, Maybe they right. can play rugby. Maybe they're okay. Maybe the real alien was inside of us in the form of racism all along. <laughs> and then an alien. And, yeah, and an actual alien. Everyone's stomach. <laughs> their actual. The second movie is Independence Day. <laughs> and then and then an alien popped through their stomach and says, "White is right." <laughs> Cut that out. Cut it out. Cut it out. <laughs> Colton, let's get another one. All right. So um, I'm going to do a uh, different thing because um, in case you aren't aware, <laughs> the world's kind of on fire right now. Still? Uh, and there's not a whole lot of movies in uh, in theaters. And so I'm going to let you guys choose between Tenet and The New Mutants. Let's do... Uh. Because I know more about The New Mutants because Tenet's plot is still undiscernible mm -hmm. uh let's do, let's just do the new mutants okay sweet got it we're gonna do new mutants as a <laughs> romantic comedy <laughs> that, okay if x-men was gonna make uh romantic comedy i feel like they would also call it the new mutants like so we're just genre swapping this one into a, like a teeny bop <laughs> high school romance movie inside the school for gift gifted children yeah <laughs> just as a concept okay. i like this movie <laughs> yeah same what if it okay what if it was the story of young cyclops and jean gray oh, i love it i love the x-men the like live action x-men movie equivalent of like a slice of life anime yeah <laughs> And they have all the same problems that we do, you know, like, you know, they drop their books, they, you know, have acne, harbor space demons. They just also blow holes through walls when they get upset. So we could, we could, we can keep that X-Men through line of the government doesn't want mutants around. And they especially don't want them dating. <laughs> uh, so I think we can start out with literally just the opening scene of, uh, Jean Grey comes to school for the first day. You know, Charles Xavier's like, Jean, this is your mm. class, and you're going to go, and you're going to be the greatest telekinetic mutant of all. <laughs> and um, and she says, Stewie Griffin, when did you become He said, yes, I'm going to go, I'm going to roll away on my wheelchair now and go spy on the world with Cerebro. <laughs> I, want, I want there to be a scene where, like, Jean Grey walks by Cyclops for the first time, 
and it does that like typical like anime thing with like the blood out of the nose, except he just like shoots a like <laughs> a blast out of his <laughs> eyes. Like, oh shoot! Uh, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> kills three students. <laughs> <laughs> What if it was like they, so like they're both like the top performing students in their class yeah. and they like kind of have like a little like rivalry going on, mm. but it's like a cute like flirty rivalry. Like, ooh, like we hate each other. <laughs> um, so they have to go on a mission together. Gotcha. As, as one of their assignments, Professor Xavier purposefully puts yeah. them together because he sees some uh, some chemistry potential. Homeboy can mind read. He knows what's going on. Because he's being a weird. He's being a weirdo. Because <laughs> Professor Xavier's gross, and he's like <laughs> matchmaking teenagers. He's just a little too involved <laughs> in the lives of his students. Yeah, we're real weird. So. Um, yeah, so they go on a mission. Cyclops is impressed by her, and so like she's also impressed by him. They go on a couple of dates. They fall in love. Um, but at one point, Cyclops becomes an X-Men before Jean Grey does, and she gets mad, and they break up for a little bit. And um, the school gets attacked by Magneto. Magneto's just got nothing else to do. He's, he really doesn't. This ex Magneto. <laughs> yeah. And so he like is attacking the school and Cyclops is like, tr- Jean Grey is like knocked out by some, uh, by some debris and she's like trapped under it. And Cyclops is like, no, I have to save her. And he like laser eyes, like the debris off of her and like scrapes it off. And she right. like wakes up and she's like, Cyclops, did you save me? And he's like, yeah, I did. And they like kiss and then they kiss. They and then Magneto. Professor Xavier, who's watching from the bushes, gives a slow <laughs> clap. <laughs> Ew. Ew, I hate this Professor Xavier. While, while his school's being attacked by Magneto, he's just watching two teenagers fall in love. I hate Can- that. Cancel Professor Xavier, he sucks. One problem with this, with this movie, um, where is the Wolverine cameo? It's a split second, and it's just him yelling the F word and then running off screen. <laughs> he's just screaming like, ah! Like, <laughs> and then a few years later, they make more movies and just say that these movies never happened. Yeah. What is canon? <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get one more. One more. One more. One more. Have we done Breaking Bad? No, we have not. No, we haven't. <laughs> but I'm curious. Breaking Bad as a <laughs> drug cartel movie? No, I'm kidding. Um, oh, as a horror movie. Oh. Oh, guys. Okay. I love it when Colton has ideas. Like, because, like, I'm not BSing at all. Like, Colton, you have really good ideas. And, like, I... Every time I Colton get, speaks up, I'm like, here we go. It's like it's like a diamond in the rough kind of thing, though. Like, I don't have a lot of them, but... <laughs> when you, like, speak up, like, when you have a good idea, I'm always really excited to hear it. Because it's going to, most of the time, either be, like, stupid as all get out or, like, really, really good. <laughs> all right, Colton. Okay, so this is uh, Breaking Bad takes place as a mental at a mental hospital where there's <laughs> okay. a doctor who's trying who thinks that he can cure all of these like terrible deranged patients. Okay, like he can make them like good. So he just starts yeah. microdosing the meth. <laughs> yeah, it's set in the fifties. <laughs> <laughs> Take this cocaine, your blood's got ghosts. <laughs> What's that movie? Um, Shutter Island? No, the movie with uh, it's the key, not the Key and Peele movie. The uh, Get Out. Get Out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So it's like a Get Out like mine like thing that he does on them. It makes them good, 
but they're also like at his disposal at this point. And oh, he's like this like And also whatever drug he's injecting into them is highly addictive. Mm. And so he's kind of got this own little industry. And then one day, uh one of his old students who uh is from the high school he used to teach gets imprisoned there and he's like, Hey Jesse, you wanna <laughs> <laughs> Or Jesse Pinkman is a journalist. <laughs> oh, we got like an outlast situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Jesse yeah, yeah. Jesse Pinkman is a journalist that has heard about what's been going on at the Breaking Bad Mental Institution. The Heisenberg Mental Institution. Heisenberg. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he gets admitted into the asylum and he so he takes the he takes the drug one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And he has like a a night terror mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. like what like what is he doing to these patients blah 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 um and so he tries to get in good with walter with dr white so he agrees like he says hey listen like i know you're making something for these patients like i want in on this business and so he gets close to walter white in order to take him down yes, <laughs> yes. at the at the end he uh jesse gets released he has all of this, uh, he has all of this information to do this giant hit piece on this asylum. He's like his his boss at the at the paper or whatever is like, dude, you're crazy. This is insane. Like this is insane. You're he nuts. like calls and gets him re. He calls and gets him readmitted, and then after he gets taken away on like the paddy wagon or whatever, you just see uh, the guy go sit back down on his desk. And then Dr. Walter White comes into frame and just like slips him an envelope full of yep. money. Yep, 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 <laughs> and, yep, yep. Yes. And then, dude, like, I love this. And then it, like just shows that like this dude has like his hands in all these different institutions and is like, no one's ever gonna know what's going on here. Oh, I love it. That's so oh, great. I love that. That's, That's great. That's so funny. Oh, thank you, Colton, for that just lovely round of Shake and <laughs> so, Not Stirred that so was great. recorded five months ago. <laughs> but now we are going to get into our new and improved Real Talk, where uh, instead of prattling on about whatever's going on in the movie industry, because <laughs> let's face it, there's not a lot, um, we're just going to be giving you recommendations of something to watch before we go. Um, so I'll go ahead and start out. Um, watch WandaVision, <laughs> if you're not already watching WandaVision. Uh, it is one of the best things that Marvel has ever come out with, um, and mm-hmm. it is something unique that Marvel will never make again. I know they'll never make it again. Maybe they'll reach out with the weirdness with uh, Multiverse of Madness. I doubt it, but it is, uh, it's very good. Uh, Wanda, I'm now 1,000% a Wanda Maximoff stand. She is the strongest Avenger, and you can't tell me anything else. So <laughs> that's my recommendation. Watch WandaVision. That's the that's the indie show, right? The the little one? Yeah, yeah. From the little studio? Real small. Um, <laughs> flew under the radar, yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen Unorthodox, uh, but it's on Netflix right now. And if you haven't seen it, uh, definitely add it to your queue. It tells the story of a... Uh, mm. Hasidic Jewish woman who lives in New York City and basically like just runs away from this horribly, horribly mm-hmm. misogynistic society that she's a part of. Um, runs away to Germany. Her husband and his cousin come after her, Whoa. basically oh, wow. to like drag her back into the society that she's left. Uh, wow. It's fantastic. It's a super Dang. good show. Highly recommended. Um, yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Um, I'm going to say if you want to watch Titans, uh, don't watch Titans on HBO, (laughs) watch, uh, Young Justice instead. Um, Titans is fine. 
Uh, there's only just one part at the very end of every show. It has this thing that says based on DC Comics. <laughs> they just took that out. It'd be fine. Um, but yeah, watch watch Young Justice. Um, HBO did just take over Titans because DC's streaming service went out. So maybe that'll make it better. But I'd mm-hmm. like to not see Robin's Dick Grayson. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm hoping we won't get any of that, but <clears throat> we'll see. Well, guys, this has been a lot of fun, but uh, it's that time again. So if you'd like to reach out to us, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can always send us an email at startoftheplot at gmail.com. We'd love hearing from you guys. And hey, if you've got like 15 seconds, hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Uh, it's honestly the best thing you can do right now to um, share your support for the podcast. It helps our chance of getting discovered and so we, we really appreciate if you would take the time to do that. Or don't. It's a free country. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now more than ever, iTunes reviews. Um, well, thank you guys so much for listening. We love y'all. And thank you to 11 Acorn Lane for the use of our new theme song, Stay, Electro Swing Remix. Um, we love it. And we hope you guys do, too. Hey, guys, before we go, do you have time for a review? I oh, guess. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, This is a review of a movie from 2011. The review is as follows. I watched this right after the coup attempt, so I was a little bit distracted. (laughs) What do you think it was? Uh, I hope it's Olympus Has Fallen. Okay. Um, I don't know when this movie came out, but I'm going to go with 2012. Okay. Uh, You were both wrong. It was J.J. Abrams' masterpiece, Super 8. (laughs) (laughs) That concludes... Stir the Plot, a podcast for movie lovers. My name is Brady King. My name is Derek Foltz. And I'm Colton Hart. Hey, my name's Tyler. And if you see Sandra Bullock, give her a hug. Actually, give her the vaccine. Hashtag give Sandra Bullock the vaccine. And if you see Sandra Bullock, give her the vaccine. (laughs) 